In Jeremiah 12, 5, God challenges Jeremiah, If you have run with men and they have tired you out, how will you compete with horses? God offers you a similar challenge to live a life of biblical discipleship and to build a healthy marriage and a godly family. He never promises it will be easy, but it will always be worth it. Are you ready to run with horses? Hello, this is Norman. And his lovely wife, Susan. Welcome to Run With Horses. So glad you could join us today. The last show, I was by myself and was talking about resentment, and I think Susan was feeling resentful that she was not part of the show. I don't know if you heard that, but I could hear it clearly in her voice. Were you feeling resentment? Do we need to have confession and repentance? Well, if that's what you want to do. (laughs) Okay, moving right along. Today, we're going to be talking about walking in the Spirit. So, last time, we're thinking about resentment. And one of the ways that you can avoid being trapped in this prison of resentment that we talked about is to allow the Spirit to lead you, to guide you, to direct you. So Galatians 5.25, you're looking at me like you're confused. No, I'm listening. Okay. Galatians 5.25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So today, we want to think about that idea of walking in the Spirit. I think it's important, and I don't know that we have, here's exactly how you do it all the time, but... It is an attitude and a desire to give the Holy Spirit free reign in your life. So today we're looking at how do we walk in the Spirit, and Susan's <laughs> giving me weird looks again. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So Galatians chapter 5 talks a lot about the Holy Spirit and walking in the Spirit. So Galatians 5.16 says, I say then, walk in the Spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then it talks about the flesh and the Spirit have this battle with each other, the spirit against the flesh, the flesh against the spirit. And they're they're contrary, they're opposites. They're fighting against each other so that you don't do what you wish. And this uh, is everybody's state of being if you've accepted Christ. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you've never accepted Christ, your Savior, then you probably don't really have this battle. You are just following the flesh without a lot of pushback against that. So, If you want to walk in the Spirit, step one, you have to choose Christ. You have to accept Christ as your Savior. So, we think about going back to Galatians. uh, You know, it talks a lot about this idea of, of the Holy Spirit and are we trying to work for our salvation, and how do we live out our our salvation and the Holy Spirit. So Galatians chapter 3, stepping back a little bit from chapter 5, Paul says that the Galatians are foolish. He said, you know, who's bewitched you that, you know, you've heard the truth and now you're trying to go back and do it yourself through works of the flesh. So he talks about, did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by the hearing by faith? Again, accuse him of being foolish. And he said, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? So this idea of the, the battle between the flesh and the Holy Spirit, you know, is a theme in Galatians. It's a theme in a lot of Paul's letters. So that I, resentment that we talked about last time, that comes from the flesh. It comes from the sin nature taking the the reins, so to speak, for a time in our life. And then the battle is, how do we give the Holy Spirit freedom to take the reins back 
and to allow the Holy Spirit to to lead us. So before we really look at walking in the Spirit and how we do that, we really need to look at what the flesh is and what does it mean to live according to the flesh. So how, uh, in your words, how would you put a, a definition of the flesh? Well, I just think the Bible does a much better job of that, where it just lists out in Galatians 5, isn't it? Right before the fruit of the Spirit, they tell, this, these are the works of the flesh. And every time I read that, I go, ooh, ow, e, ooh, that, yep, that's me. Oop, I have that problem too. It's just all listed out there. Don't you have them written someplace? Yeah, that's the works of the flesh. But when we say, what is, what is the flesh? What are we talking about? part that wants to do the works of the flesh. <laughs> yes, it's the part that wants to do that. So I, I would say uh, that the Bible indicates that the flesh, as it's defined, the the thing that's carrying out and doing these works of the flesh is our human nature tainted by sin. So it's our human desires, thoughts, emotions, all that tainted by sin adds up to this flesh, which then produces works. We do things and the works of the flesh, the works that are produced by who we are naturally, are against God. So sin has affected our thoughts, our emotions, our intellect, our will, our desires, our relationships, even our physical being. Uh, sin has made us sick. You know, if you think about that, even uh, the sickness, cancer, all the illnesses that we face in the world today, they're caused by sin. So the, the works of the flesh are all of this, who we are from birth on until we accept Christ. And then this battle begins. And so as a follower of Jesus, we are living in the here and now in this battle between the the flesh and the spirit. And I, I really always appreciate Paul's letters and his honesty. I think a lot of times we struggle with honesty and we feel like I'm I make myself out to be better than I really am. And Paul didn't do that. He really was, he just laid it out there. So Romans 7, he talks about this battle and has, and he says, you know, I know that there's nothing good in my flesh. You know, I just, humanly speaking, in, in who I am and, and the way that I I live and my choices, there's just nothing good in me. And he goes on and says, you know, I because he knows Jesus, he wants to do the right thing. And I think that's true. If you've, if you've accepted Christ and you've read the Bible and you see all that God promises and what he's doing, you go, yeah, I want to do the right thing. But we struggle to do that. And Paul says very clearly, man, I, I, I want to do right, but how to do it, I just, I don't even know how to do that. I, I do what I don't want to do. And what I don't want to do, I do. And I find out that sin works its way out of me. You know, it's in me, it has tainted me, and it works its way out. And Paul just, he lays that out there. That's his struggle. And this is Paul. And I always think, man, if Paul was struggling with that, then the rest of us should not feel bad that we have that same kind of struggle. I mean, that's just part of life. We are in this. So I do like that uh, John Piper, and I, I put a link in the, the show notes if you want to go to uh, runwithhorses.net, look at the show notes. He said, the Holy Spirit produces in us desires for God's way that are stronger than our fleshly desires, and thus He causes us to walk in God's statutes. And I think this is important when we think about this idea of walking in the Spirit, that it's, it's not that we just decide, 
I'm going to follow the Spirit. It is that God gives us the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is working in us to produce this desire to follow Jesus. So, even going back to Romans 7, as Paul's talking about the things I want to do, I don't do, who gave him the desire to do that? Well, that's the Holy Spirit working. So, the fact that there is a battle is evidence that God is at work. So it's not a reason to say, man, I'm just failing and I I just can't do this. It's recognition that the Holy Spirit has given me the desire to do what's good. And then the flesh fights against that, and we lose that battle a lot. But the fact that the desire is there's a good thing, and we can rejoice that there are people in our church, there are people we know that fall down and they fail all the time, but they feel bad about it. They want to do the right thing. They're struggling. They get back up and try. That's good. That's a sign that God is at work in their life. And I think sometimes we don't recognize that. Yeah, it is very encouraging to be able to point that out to somebody when they come to you and say, man, I just, I keep falling into the same sin. I keep struggling to do the right thing. And you can just say, hey, be encouraged. At least you're fighting it. You feel the need to change and you feel the desire to do what's right. And being able to say that message to somebody who's really struggling, I think, can bring a ray of hope. Yeah, and I've heard someone put it where someone came to them and they were sharing this struggle that they had and this just epic failure. And the guy looked at him and said, you know, I'm just so encouraged that I see God at work in you. And that's not the way we would typically want to respond. It's like, well, when we see you failing, you've got to suck it up, buddy, and do better. But he says, I'm just encouraged that I see God at work in you. And this struggle is God at work. I, that should be encouraging, and we need to give more people freedom. Understand that we're going to fail. That is the the nature of the Christian life in the world today. You're going to fail. And how do we give grace to other people when they are struggling? So walking by the Spirit is not walking in perfection. And sometimes we feel like, well, you know, if you're not, if you're sinning, then you're not doing it right. But that's not true. If you're struggling, you're doing it right. It is in that struggle that God grows us. It is in that struggle that the Holy Spirit is showing that He's increasing that desire to follow Him. And it's important to recognize that. We, we have to learn to give grace to people that fail. So Susan had mentioned earlier, Galatians chapter 5, and it's verses 19 to 23, when it talks about the works of the flesh and contracts, contrast those with the fruit of the Spirit. But you know, it says the works of the flesh are evident, so we think about walking in the Spirit and then walking in the flesh. It's not a, uh, a guessing game. Like, I wonder if that was a spirit work. Or I wonder if that was a flesh work. It's evident. <laughs> it is obvious what is of the flesh and what is of the Spirit most of the time. Now, sometimes pride and, and some of those things may be a little harder to see. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the works of the flesh, they're just real obvious. And particularly to us. I mean, you, you and your own heart, you know, if I'm, you're being selfish, if you're being prideful, uh, the lack of humility and all those kind of things. But to look at the works of the flesh and then recognize the fruit of the Spirit. And I just love uh, thinking about how God is growing us because the fruit of the Spirit is not natural. Think about that love, joy, peace, the, the patience and kindness, goodness, you know, the gentleness, self-control, all those things. They're not natural for us. They're the work of the Holy Spirit. And some people try to without God, build these things into their life and can be good for a while and and can do well in some areas. But the fruit of the Spirit is just uh, 
different than what we can do on our own. It is uh, God working in us, changing us, growing us into the image of Christ. So then what we're working toward and what we want to look at today is really how do we walk in the Spirit? And there's no, I, I don't know, there's one exact that you just do this and you're always going to do it. You're, you're not ever going to be perfect. Uh, and, you know, that's something, even I think the, the goal of perfection is something that comes often from human nature. Well, we want to do it ourselves. Yeah. And I want to be perfect. And the fact that I can't is kind of annoying because, I, you know, I, I don't really want to trust God. I just want to do it myself. And I think that's a, a struggle for a lot of us. I'd agree. <laughs> so when we think about our human nature and the desire to live according to the Spirit, one of the, the foundational truths that we have to accept is God's judgment of who we are. And this is in all areas, everything about us. We want to understand what God says about who we are. And that's what God says about who we are, lost and condemned without Christ. That should motivate us to explore and pursue Jesus and really to trust in Him, but also who we are with Jesus. And it's like Paul was saying in in Galatians, you know, you, you don't accept Christ for salvation, and then suddenly you're capable of doing the Christian life on your own. You have to accept what God says also, that you still need God. You still need the work of the Holy Spirit. So to accept God's judgment after salvation, and so many people struggle with guilt and with fear and with feeling uh, inadequate or with uh, being down on themselves, or the opposite, and feeling, you know, I'm perfect, I do everything great, and pride, and all those kind of things. Well, even with Christ, even as a person who is uh, following Jesus, you still have to accept God's judgment of who you are in Christ. You still need Him. He is working in you, but even like Paul, we're not perfect. And I think it's hard for us to see ourselves as we really are. Why? Why do you think that is? Well, I'm not sure if this answers this question, but um, we were just talking about the, you know, I want to do it myself. And maybe part of that is like, I want to look better. I want to be better than that guy. Or I want to, you know, be better than what, or reach the pinnacle where I think I should be at. And, you know, all of that leads to is just boasting in yourself. Whereas if you're forced to rely on God's power to help me love that person or to bite my tongue and not say what I really feel, um, then you realize, oh, God helped me do that. It wasn't natural. I, there's no way I could have survived that. But because of God helped me, then I could do it and the glory belongs to Him. Yeah, it's true. And as we consider accepting God's judgment about who we are, part of what we also have to learn is not to judge other people. We're not looking at us. I'm not, I don't look at me compared to you. That You're not my standard. I'm not your standard. I need to look at me and look at my life and what God says about me. And if I'm going to compare to anybody, I compare to Christ. And I should see over time as I'm pursuing righteousness, pursuing Christ-likeness, I should see growth. I should say changes. You know, praise God, I'm not what I was. You, you want to be able to say that, which means, hey, there's, there are changes. God is working in you. But 
I can't look at people around me and go, well, I'm doing better than them, so I must be okay. Well, no, the standard is Christ. So I always have steps to make. I always have changes that I need to make. I always have places where I can and need to grow. So we're not looking around us and saying, how am I doing compared to everybody else? Uh, that can lead us to ignore or not see God's judgment of who we are. Mm-hmm. We may be doing well in some areas. We may be doing well compared to the people around us. But that's not what God's asking us. He's asking us to follow Him and trust Him and walk in the Spirit, which will lead toward greater growth. The second thing is, if you want to walk in the Spirit, spend time with God on a daily basis. And, you know, we just never get away from this. Always, 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 we're going to keep repeating and keep repeating. You really need to spend time with God on a daily basis. You need to be in His Word. So time in God's Word and prayer helps you recognize this pull of the flesh, because sometimes you don't see it. I mean, Satan is able to uh, trick you and deceive you and make you think some things are good. Well, how do you recognize those things that are false? Well, exposure to truth, time in the presence of God. And part of this time in God's Word, time meditating on Scripture, uh, learning memory verses, you know, memorizing Scripture, gives the Holy Spirit ammunition to use in this spiritual battle. It, It is a spiritual battle. And one of the ways that it's fought is with Scripture. When you think about Jesus, when He was tempted, He used truth, Scripture, to um, answer Satan's temptations. And I think that's true for us, too. And the Holy Spirit helps us to do that. The Holy Spirit brings those things to our mind, particularly as we spend more and more time uh, meditating on it. The Holy Spirit brings those passages back when we need them and gives us the wisdom and the courage and the, the strength to step away from the temptations, to avoid those destructive forces, to uh, avoid the resentment we talked about last time. And it is that process of spending time with God and in prayer and giving the Holy Spirit then the freedom to take those things and change us. That's really important if we're going to walk in the Spirit. It's just so important to spend that time with God on a regular basis to recognize the pull of the Spirit. Yeah, I think of all the times in the Bible it talks about remember to do this or remind yourselves or don't forget to do this. And it's just, it is easy to forget, especially just the day goes by and so many people are, you know, needing you or you have so many things on your to-do list and it's just easy to forget. And that um, idea too of just renewing your mind just every day, um, just to keep the the important things, your priorities in the front of your mind right at the beginning of the day. So you're kind of thinking about that throughout the day. And it's important when you said do that every day. I think that's an important concept for us. You can't live today on the lessons of yesterday. You know, it's every day is new. God's mercies are new every morning, but Satan's temptations are new every morning too. (laughs) So you need God's grace today. You need the lessons of today. You need God's word, time with God today, because you miss a day, a week, a month. You can't live next year on the lessons of last year. You can't live on the, the growth that you've had in the past into the future. It only takes you so far, and we're to live one day at a time. And I really feel like, and if we look at really what the Bible's teaching us is follow Jesus today, and then every day repeat that. that that's really, it is that simple. The Christian life is that simple. Today, I want to pursue Jesus. And when you wake up tomorrow, you don't go, well, I did that yesterday, so I'm going to move on. No, today, 
I want to live to glorify God. I want to follow Jesus today. And the next day, you want to wake up? Today, this is the day the Lord has made. This is the day I'm going to glorify God in. And you repeat that for the rest of your life. Every day is new. Every day is different. The challenges are different. But there's that one constant. Today, I'm walking with Jesus. I think that's important. Yeah, I like that idea. I know it helped me a similar thing when my kids were, our kids were little. Um, sometimes I'd just be like, I'm a terrible mom. But I read someplace where you should say, I'm a terrible mom today. And then that gives you hope that you realize, okay, yeah, today was rough, but tomorrow I might not be such a terrible mom. You know, it's just kind of, it's your pattern. Like, are you a terrible mom every single day? Then maybe you really are a terrible mom. But usually it's just, you know, one day out of how many, I don't know. But just, yeah, that every day is a new slate and you can start over again and you don't have to hang on to the failures of yesterday either. Yeah, that's the good thing about God's forgiveness. It's complete. And when He forgives you for our failures and lifts you back up, those are gone. You don't have to worry about those anymore because He's certainly not. So you can wake up today and live today with a a fresh start, uh, a clean slate, and go forward with Jesus. No matter what yesterday was, you have a new chance today to glorify God today. So the next part would be, you know, we've talked about God's Word, time in prayer, the other thing that we're always talking about here is relationships with the church. So you want to develop honest, transparent relationships with other mature followers of Jesus. And if you can do that, and you look for opportunities to encourage each other, um, you're able to fight sin and recognize that we're in this together. The struggles that I have may not be identical to the struggles someone else have, but they're probably in the same ballpark. We all We all have the same kinds of things. We all struggle with the flesh. We all struggle with desires that are not godly. The things we desire may be different, but the fact that we have a desire that's not God is the same. Mm -hmm. And as we recognize that, we can encourage each other and say, well, how do you handle this? When when you have a day where you just are, you're wiped out and you're tired and you know this is not going to be a day that's going to be easy to walk spiritually, what do you do? How do you handle that? What are the things that you do in that time that have encouraged and helped you? And we share those lessons. And sometimes what we do is reach out to someone else who hopefully is not having as bad a day as we are and say, hey, would you pray for me today? Um, it's important to recognize we're in this together. Mm-hmm. And that's just such a, a huge part of the Christian life. And I don't know about all of you, but there have been times when if it weren't for other believers, I, I probably would have fallen off the deep end. I mean, just fall apart because you just feel like, I can't do it. And that's true. And what you need sometimes is a believer who knows you well enough to say, yeah, you can't do it. You need to stop trying and start trusting God to do it. So today, you made a mess of it. Let's start fresh tomorrow. All right, the fourth thing, and if you're really serious about spiritual growth, about being a disciple and disciple maker— one of the things I highly encourage is to investigate the spiritual disciplines. And a lot of Christians don't like to talk about the spiritual disciplines because, let's be honest, they're hard. Who likes discipline? N- nobody likes discipline. The word sounds bad. <laughs> it does. But when you think about fasting and solitude and the like, uh, you know, there's different lists of spiritual disciplines that depend on what you read as far as how many there might be. But just look at the ones listed in the Bible. There's a, quite a few different spiritual disciplines listed. They're mostly difficult, (laughs) 
But they all involve one thing, and that is a very intensive focus on God. If you're fasting, and particularly you think of fasting from food, uh, it, it can be very hard. You can get hungry. You can be distracted. But it is in the middle of that distraction you're reminded of, why am I doing this? What's really, really important? What have I understood and agreed with with God that this is most important? And it's Him. So I'm going to lay aside this thing that maybe is important for me, food, for the sake of my spiritual growth, for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of learning to be sensitive to the spiritual leading. And I would encourage you to think about specifically fasting, not just food, but today, maybe it's social media or maybe it's some other distraction that you have regularly in your life that consumes a lot of your life, to take that out of your life for a period of time and replace that with more of God. And that there's multiple ways you could do that. You can do that with uh, more prayer, more Bible. Those are always good and they go well together. Uh, you could replace it with uh, memorizing scripture. Maybe you have a time when you typically would... I read a book for 15 minutes at your lunch break at work. You can replace that with memorizing a couple of verses for lunch and take away that music time or that book that you're reading. That can be valuable, and that is fasting. It's not fasting from food, but it's fasting in a way that can help you to grow spiritually. So investigate the spiritual disciplines. They can be super valuable tools in this struggle against the flesh. What has been the most valuable spiritual discipline that you practiced? Hmm. I'm not really sure what they all are. So uh, that you've practiced that I well, I might be practicing them, and I didn't realize <laughs> it. Like separation from other people, I just do that naturally because that's my way. I am. I like to be alone. And that wouldn't be a spiritual discipline. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, well, I suppose fasting because that's the only one I can think of that I actually know. Hey, this is what I'm doing for that. But yeah, I, I really encourage. Try fasting, whether from food or from something else, can be really valuable. And then the last thing, intentionally join others who are on mission with Jesus. You know, if you really want to give the Spirit freedom to work in your life, carrying out the work of making disciples is a worthy goal, and it, it takes so much of your energy and your focus that um, it really is helpful because you you recognize places where you're weak and where, as part of this mission of Christ in the world to, to build his church and to spread the good news of, of reconciliation with God, you recognize, I can't do this on my own. I can't do this at all. And so you're forced to look for God at work. You're forced to recognize, to learn to recognize where the Holy Spirit's working. So you won't find a, a better way to spend your life than to be really engaged in what God is doing in the world today through the work of building his church. Uh, and particularly if you can carry out that great commission in a disciple-making community of people who are following Jesus together. So it can be hard. It can seem like an eternal uphill climb, but the journey is worth it. So let me encourage you to keep running. Uh, it is worth the effort. Thanks for joining us today. If you have a question we can address on the show or just want to send us a word of encouragement, send an email to talk at runwithhorses.net. That's T-A-L-K at runwithhorses.net. We look forward to hearing from you. In the meantime, keep running.